Celebrating 15 years of this beloved foolery. You know the difference between Jeff and Jeremy and a U.S. savings bond? One of them eventually matures and earns money. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff and Jeremy in the morning on 93.3 KZOZ. Yeah. So um, I don't usually get the hiccup. I haven't got them in a long time. My wife gets them sometimes, so I'll have to have her try this. But now there's a surgeon now uh, is come forward and says, this is how you get rid of hiccups. Everybody's got their own theory on how to do this. Um, I don't know if, if you have an old family you know, theory on how to get rid of hiccups, but what this guy says you do is you first exhale completely. <sighs> then take a deep breath. And then you wait 10 seconds. Okay. And what, then well, holding, holding the breath, holding in. the breath for 10 seconds. And then without exhaling, inhale just a little bit more. So you, and, you go, and then wait another five seconds and then top up the breathe, the breath again. One more inhale and then exhale. That's supposed to get rid of hiccups. So really? once again, blow out. Inhale, hold it for 10, then take a little bit more air after 10 seconds. So not a big inhale. Wait five more seconds and then do another little bit of inhale. Yeah, because you've already taken that big inhale. And then you do five seconds, another little inhale. But, okay, so in the 10-second wait period, though, what if you hiccup? Oh, it doesn't. he doesn't talk about that. Because you're talking about 10 seconds, five seconds, <laughs> yeah, maybe, and then another maybe, five yeah, seconds. Maybe, you're talking about 20, 20 seconds of holding your breath, which I don't. a lot of people can't do. But you're, you're holding your breath for 20 seconds. There's got to be a chance that a hiccup's well, going to come up and sneak you, sneak you uh, in that process. Yeah, according to this uh, Dr. Bram, um, he says that the reason, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that know this listening. I didn't know this, but now that I read it, it does sound familiar. The hiccup is actually your diaphragm spasming. It's like a little spasm. And your diaphragm is that muscle that moves your, uh, you know, your lungs up and down when you breathe, right? So it, it gives you a little, uh, little spasm in there. And this is the best way to cure it. It's free. It doesn't cost any money. There you go. There's your advice. Well, that's a dumb doctor because if doctors have taught me anything over the past three years, they only do things for money. <laughs> Uh, once again, inhale, exhale all the way, then inhale, hold it for 10 seconds. Then do a little bit, do another little breath in without exhaling five more seconds. And then Where's this doctor at, uh, after that five seconds, one more little breath and then exhale. Dr. Bram. We're, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say, Hmm. I'm sure, sure if I, sure. I'm, I'm sure if you want to give me a, a like a, a few minutes, I could look this doctor. No, I was up. just going to look him up on my HMO. See, because he's the last honest doctor. Because he's giving away free advice. Spending four hours in a box together every day can make you say crazy things. Jeff and Jeremy in the morning. I can't believe this is something that has to be said, but people are. <laughs> are putting their pets through the x-ray machine at the TSA checkpoints at airports. They're not taking their animal out of the carrier and holding it as they walk through a metal detector or one of the scanners. They're actually putting them up there like their luggage, and they're running them through. And the TSA is saying, please stop doing this. It's not good for the animals, and uh, 
God, if the, if the machine gets stuck and the animal's in there, it's going to be terrifying to them. There you go. Right then and there, you take the dog away from the person and say, <laughs> you are unfit. You are unfit to care for anything in life. Um, d- give me that dog. We are going to uh, give it to the Humane Society. It's pretty much common sense you don't run an animal through an x-ray machine. Instead of putting the carrier through the x-ray machine, yeah, carry it through the metal detector or whatever the screeners. It's so weird. Uh, the TSA say there are several easy steps to follow for pets to be screened before uh, boarding a flight, and they recommend this. All pets should be brought to a security checkpoint in a handheld travel carrier. Do you ever uh, travel with your dogs? No. <laughs> Come on. I don't either. Uh, remove the pet from the carrier. Don't leave a minute uh, to be screened. Place the carrier on the conveyor so it can be x-rayed, but never leave the pet inside of it. Never place so then the what pet do you do in with the tunnel. The- Hold on a second, because when I took a flight this past fall, there was a guy at our gate that had his cat in a carrier. So this is an interesting dynamic, not so much with a dog, because you put a dog on a leash and you can walk them through and all that stuff, but cats are incorrigible. The cats don't like the whole process of being in an airport around a bunch yeah. of different strange people. Exactly. They they're, they're, they go crazy. They'll claw you to death. How did I wonder how that guy dealt with taking the cat out of the carrier, holding the cat, going, you know, I mean, he had to hold the cat. I mean, it wasn't like the cat was going to be able to to go through the little walk uh, thing with him, you know, the walking x-ray, I guess it is. Um, how did he go about or did they just bypass the the x-ray machine altogether yeah no that's a really good question because cats can get gnarly and nasty oh god if you imagine if a cat gets loose in a in an airport oh like yeah how much, yeah that would be in, in, insanity like it could go it could go nuts and pulling like that cat out uh they could go f- crazy scratch flip out so yeah you don't want to lose your cat so maybe yeah maybe there's maybe they could just walk them through this this that the one where we you know the the regular screener, you would just. But hold even the whole then, case. that claw, that cat's going to be clawing you to death. No, no, no. You would leave it in the. People? You would have to leave it in the in the carrier. Yeah, you can't take yeah. the cat okay. out of the carrier. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they do this on a daily basis. They've dealt with this. Dogs are easy. You can hold a dog. If the dog's too big to hold, you can stand next to you on a leash. Is it just cats and dogs that are allowed on um, flights, or can you take other pets? Like I, mean, I know a lot of like people a have birds. Rabbit. Birds as pets? Birds, yeah, I think you can. I think you can. You could take a bird on a plane. No. Why not? If it's in a, <laughs> it's in a proper carrier. What, a shoebox? As long as it fits under that seat in front of you. Ma'am, you're going to have to put your purse under the seat all the way. It is. No, ma'am. You need to push it all the way. <laughs> God, they love that, don't they? Get that under oh, the seat in front of you. If I have it's to not bothering me. Yeah, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's not bothering me. It's bothering me. Put it underneath there. It's not, it'll be fine. It's not bothering me, no. Well, because if you hit turbulence, it could fly up and hit somebody. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. In, that, in, that, in those many instances of when it hits turbulence and it flies up into the air. Like, didn't your wife have a backpack not, on her front or something? Yeah. Like, 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 seriously, come on. It's attached to me. Or, like, if it's, if it's under my feet or my feet are there, I'll know when we hit turbulence, I'll put my feet on it. How about we strike that deal? Okay. So, yes, if you're thinking about flying, if you've never flown before and you want to take your animal with you, don't run them through the x-ray machine. Make sure you can take them out of the carrier, walk them through the uh, where you get scanned, put the, the carrier through the x-ray machine, and you're good to go.
And if you have a cat, then I don't know. You're on your own. I don't have a cat. I'm not a cat person. So I, I have no answers for you, but I'm sure they can tell you what you need to do when you get there. Careful. You don't want to learn from this. Jeff and Jeremy in the morning on 93.3 KZOZ. My wife, immediately my wife comes to mind. And I don't believe her wholeheartedly, but she says that her parents never took her on vacations when she was a kid. And she can only think of two vacations. They went to Glacier National Park once, rode in the back of the... She grew up poor, like my wife? No, it's just their parents never wanted to leave their 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 area. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Which I've been up there and I would always want to leave. <laughs> I mean, there's there's just not much going on up there. Yeah, yeah. But um uh, 42% of Americans uh never went on vacation as a kid. She said she went to Gla- oh. Glacier National Park once when she was a kid. They uh, had a uh, we call them canopies where I grew up, but um, they're uh, camper shells here in California on the back of the truck. And her and her brother and her sister rode in the back of the truck up to Glacier National Park. Which oh, is yeah, 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 yeah. Highly frowned upon yeah. by today's standards. And we're not talking about a camper that goes in the back of the pickup that has the bed in the kitchen. No. We're just talking no. about a canopy or, yeah, that goes across. They call them camper shells here. Camper Jeremy. shells, yeah. Which is strange to me, but anyways. Um, and then uh, she would go to uh, Disneyland a couple times, and that was it for her for her vacations. Oh, at least she got to go to Disneyland. I don't think my wife she ever went to. My wife grew up poor, so and I tease her about it all the time, um, and she gets mad. I go, "Well, you're not poor anymore, so you're fine. You made it out. You did a good job." Like like her sister's a loser, and you know, is on assistance and all that stuff. And you know, she's fifty one percent. Fifty-one percent of people say that their first trip happened before they turned eighteen. That means was that boring? 40, you is that why you cut me off? You didn't want to hear the rest of the story. Forty-nine percent. I'm sorry, I thought you were done. No, I was trying to get to the meat of it. So, oh, anyways, okay. I was trying to just say that she has never gone on vacation. Right. Uh, I, I, I picked that up through the context, and I and and then she. I said, well, well. I went to California and we went to Disneyland and I go, really? She goes, well, that was when they were moving from the Midwest out. Like that's not vacation. That's called you moved to California and you know, you drove up to, is that a vacation? If you live in San Diego and you go to, uh, you know, California, no, 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 Anaheim to go to Disneyland for a day. I don't, I don't consider, I I think, I think vacation, you have to, you have to go somewhere and stay there for a, drive, a few days. Drive somewhere that's far enough away that you have to stay overnight, right. and it can't be like for business purposes. Like, like you know, moving somewhere is business purposes, right? Um, we are going at the end of next month. We are going to Fairfield because my daughter's got a gymnastics tournament. That is not a vacation, okay? That is a trip i mean that is something that we have to do it's an obligation obligation is not a vacation a vacation is somewhere where you go for leisure for recreation right for fun outside of what you typically normally do and and when i say my wife grew up poor i'm not saying that i didn't uh, I, I grew up like all wealthy and everything but we would go on one vacation a year uh, my family had uh, our whole family both families actually was really weird we had places at the ocean and so my mom's side of the family had in one town, and then my dad's side of the family in another town. I would call that a vacation because we would go there for a week. It was fun to go to the ocean and see that kind of thing. 
Yeah, even if you're going to the same place, yeah. I still think that that's a vacation. Oh, we you're taking some time off yeah. from the normal, and then you're going somewhere. I think it's very strange that uh, that that's a. Would you say over fifty percent of people have not taken a vacation? Fifty-one percent have Kids. taken taken their first trip before they turned eighteen, but that means that forty-nine percent haven't. Where was your first vacation? I think mine was was Disneyland. We flew down from, mm. you know, um, we flew down from the from Seattle and didn't live in Seattle, but you know that was a big deal. We lived an hour and a half from Seattle in the mountains, and then we had to get to the uh, get to the airport, fly down on PSA Airlines. PSA was awesome. They had yeah. the best food, the yeah. best food. Oh my God, PSA and it had a smile on the front of the plane. Yep, and they they and- partnered with Disneyland, so they did those flights. And, uh, yeah, that was my first, uh, that's the, well, that's the, that's the one I remember outside of going to the ocean for for 4th of July, for the week of 4th of July. First time I ever had a croissant was on PSA. Then I was like, what is this bread that you've been depriving me of? I think you're right. I think I did too. It It came in a little package, like a little, uh, had a tray and fruit. Yeah. yeah, had like a salad with it, like a pasta salad with it, a, a croissant sandwich that had like turkey and cheese on it. It was it was amazing. Airlines God, the, is terrible airline, now. Airlines terrible. have gone way downhill. Terrible. Like like that, that would be a first class uh, meal by today's standards. Oh, pretty much, yeah, for sure, for sure. I've, I've had less. Better, I've had less. Even better than a first class meal by today's standards. Where was your first vacation to? Eight zero five five four three thirty six ninety three. The first place that you can remember that you went as a child. Jeff and Jeremy in the morning. Turn it on in the morning. Every morning. Come on, girl. And leave it all day long. Because they're funny, they're entertaining. Shake that booty. From 93.3 KZOZ. Guy writes in on the 805. I don't know if it's guy or girl, actually. I have no idea. They didn't say. Just a phone number. Just a phone number. So if you are out there, guy or girl, with just a phone number, text us back. It's a lengthy text, though. Hey guys, I'm new to the area and love the show and love that you partner with the Humane Society. That's the Woods Humane Society. Recently came from Colorado Springs and I moved to Oceano. From what I can tell, it's common for people to allow their dogs to roam the neighborhood freely. I don't spend a lot of time in Oceano, so I don't know if I can speak to this. It's a small community. Yeah, I can't say that I've seen... um I can't see. I've seen dogs running around, but I know it's a small community. This person says there's one dog in particular that keeps showing up in my yard. He's very sweet, but he's not neutered, does not have a collar, and um, was filthy and covered in fleas when I found him. Seems to be well-fed and otherwise healthy. I took the dog in, put up a few lost dog signs, and learned from another neighbor who the owners are. He said they've always ignored repeated requests to keep this dog on a leash. Now, um, this person says that the neighbor also said that they've noticed lots of near accidents as cars swerve to avoid the dog as he's running out into the street. Should I give this dog a good home? Should I ultimately adopt this dog? I would be stealing a dog from a family. But on the other hand, if I found this dog dead in the street over the next couple of weeks, I would feel responsible. What would you do, Jeremy? That's a good one. Uh, I don't know. You, you know you, 
And sometimes it can go very bad if you go knock on somebody's door and say, hey, I got your dog here. I got some real issues. I got some real issues with how you treat this dog. Because if they're not keeping the dog up, chances are they're not keeping their own life in in check. Who's to say you take this dog, they'd even notice? I mean, it doesn't seem like they really pay attention to it anyways. But who knows? Maybe they would. They'd be like, hey, where'd Fido go? All of a sudden he shows up. So, um, yeah, I think all of a sudden he shows up clean and washed. To me, it sounds like this person, if whoever it is, man or woman, (laughs) I'm going to guess this is a woman. This sounds like a woman. You should take the dog. You should and and see what happens. And maybe they don't notice it. And you give it a great, safe place environment. And uh, the dog's very happy. Um, I don't know. We have a cat on our street. Nobody knows who the cat. Yeah. Belongs to. Nobody does. I I assumed for the first year that I lived in the house. Because he would hang out in my next door neighbor's yard, that it was her cat. I asked her. I said, "Yeah, your cat's pretty friendly. Came over, was uh, pulling weeds the other day, and wanted to be pet." She's like, "That's not my cat." <laughs> like what? <laughs> and his cat just hangs around the cul-de-sac. Yeah, that's like, not my cat. Still, I mean, like, like I've lived there for two years. I, this cat, every day, I see this cat just walking around the cul-de-sac. I have no idea whose who's cat it is. Well, he knows where to go because he's getting fed. Mm-hmm. 805-543-3693. I know this is, it, it, it just sounds like this person has already made their own, up their own mind. That they're, well, you know, yeah, you from would what feel they wrote terrible. In. You would feel terrible if you found this dog dead, right? I mean, why would you subject yourself to that? Very sweet dog. She, he says, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm going to err with you, Jeremy, on this. I think it's a woman. Not to say that men aren't, aren't willing to take the dog in, but I don't know. We don't know. We just have a phone number. Um, 805-543-3693. Should this person, a fresh transplant to the area, <laughs> take on this, uh, this dog? Just be prepared when they come knocking and they're like, hey, you have my yeah, dog. And then, you know, you the good part of me wants to believe that I would adopt the dog and take it in, especially if it's a sweet dog. The real part of me, the realist part of me says I have to live amongst these people. That's you know where I've chosen to live. Yeah, especially if you have kids and the kids get attached to the dog after you try to take it in and then they come back and take the dog back. Oh, that's going to be a bad day for everybody. Yeah. 805-543-3693 if you want to weigh in. Subscribe to the Jeff and Jeremy podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. It's your Central Coast commute-friendly podcast.